Good morning. It is good to be in the sanctuary of God and with God's people this Sunday morning. Today is the second Sunday of Christmas. We continue to celebrate Christmas. In fact, today is the eighth day of the 12 days of Christmas. And of course, it is New Year's Day. So we're excited to be here and begin our year together. This morning, as we look ahead, we often think of the year ahead as a journey. We describe it or think of it as a journey. And we anticipate the things that are coming, the things along the way, adoptions, anniversaries, births, uh, accomplishments at work, promotions, weddings. We're also mindful that on journeys, we often encounter unexpected things. There's sometimes a turn around, just ahead around the corner, and we wonder what the year ahead will require of us. Who or what can guide us on the way? And so this morning, as we begin with those questions, we will look at Psalm 84 to answer those questions. Please turn in your Bible to Psalm 84. If you are looking in the, pew, uh, the Bible located in front of you, it's on page 493. Psalm 84 expresses a longing. We just sang, you are what our hearts long for. And that's described in this psalm. It's the longing of a pilgrim, that is an Israelite, who is journeying to Jerusalem to participate in a festival, a feast, to worship the Lord in the temple. What does this psalm, psalm have to do with our journey of faith? Well, this morning, I think you will discover that this psalm helps us understand that longing and vision begin a journey of faith that ends in prayer and praise. Longing and vision begins a journey of faith that ends in prayer and praise. We're going to look at this sermon in two parts. First, we'll just walk through this psalm again, the psalm that you heard read. And then we'll consider what does this psalm mean to you and me. Longing and vision begins a journey of faith that ends in prayer and praise. Look at verse 1 and 2. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts, my soul longs, yes, faints, for the courts of the Lord. The psalmist begins with longing. It echoes the words of, these psalm, words of this psalm from David. King David wrote this in Psalm 27. You may want to jot this down, 27 verse 4. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. The psalmist who wrote Psalm 84 
feels this so deeply in verse two at the end, he literally cries out, my heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. So the psalm starts with longing and then it moves to vision. Look at verse three and four. In verse three and four, the psalmist compares uh, himself or the people of Israel to a bird and an official. Now a bird, let's look at verse three. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars. Now other translations translate this that she may lay her young at a place near your altar. This isn't a matter of sacrifice. It's a matter of her finding a safe haven, a shelter where she can build her nest and raise her young. The psalmist imagines what it would be like. What would it be like to just live there under the providence and protection of the Lord? And then look at verse four. The psalmist imagines what it would be like to be an official whose job is actually to sing the praise of God every day. He imagines the joy of being able to sing the praise of God daily. So longing, vision for what it would be like, and then journey. Look at verse five, six, and seven. This journey is like the one that we heard read from the gospel. Joseph, Mary, Jesus traveled to Jerusalem to participate in the feast of the Passover. They made a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And in verse five, the psalmist writes, blessed are those whose strength is where? In you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. The strength which a man finds in God when his thoughts turn to a pilgrimage. And then look at verse six. As they go through the valley of Baca. Now, what is that? The valley of Baca is translated as a valley of tears. You see, sometimes this journey goes through a desert, desolate, dry place. At times, the pilgrims may feel discouraged or fearful or weary. Yet, look at verse six. They make it a place of springs. The early rain covers it with pools. For those journeying in faith, that is, choosing to believe and trust God, listen to these words from the prophet Isaiah. This is Isaiah chapter 41. The Lord says, I will open rivers on the bare heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. Why? That they may see and know that the hand of the Lord has done this. You see, by the Lord's divine power, the dry land is turned into springs and pools. By the Lord's divine power, affliction is turned to, transformed into joy, hardship into rejoicing, and weakness into strength. Now look at verse seven. They go from strength to strength. 
Note that this description of the journey begins with strength and ends with strength. They are strengthened by their anticipation of appearing in the temple before the presence of God. They are strengthened by the Lord's divine providence. And so longing and vision lead to a journey that ends in prayer and praise. Look at verse 8. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. How many times have you seen or read or heard this cry in the Psalms? The Psalms are full of prayers like this. One of my favorite is Psalm 61, verse 1 and 2. You should memorize this. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth will I cry unto you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And then look at verse 9. Behold our shield. O God, look on the face of your anointed. This is a brief aside. The pilgrim, the psalmist, is praying, God, give favor to the king. Because if you give favor to the king, then the king provides this protection. The land is at peace, and we can make our pilgrimage and arrive at the temple in Jerusalem. And then verse 10, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. After the 9 a.m. service, uh, I met a man in the lobby here who came up to me and he said, thank you, this is my favorite psalm. And I said, well, tell me why it's your favorite psalm. And he said, and he started to get tear up. And he said, I just want to be a doorkeeper at the house of God and point the way to Jesus. A doorkeeper. It's better for a person to wait at the gates of the temple courts than be separated from the joyful celebration of the Lord's blessing. And then look at verse 11. The journey ends in praise. The consummation of the journey and the end of the psalm is in praise. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. Well, what does that mean? A sun, a provider, a shield, a protector. For the Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Those who walk uprightly, how would you describe them? Those whose journey begins with a step in faith? Those who are humble, confess their sin, receive God's forgiveness and cleansing? Those who go through the valley of tears with their hope anchored in the faithfulness and goodness and unending love of God? Those whose hearts sing for joy, to the living God. And it concludes with this exclamation, O Lord God of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Longing and vision leads to a journey of faith that ends in prayer and praise.
I have to tell you, this is a simple psalm, beautiful, hopeful. And I've found as I've prepared for this time together, I found myself, because I'm just reading it, right? I started to pray it. Lord, you are my son and shield. Lord, blessed is the man who trusts in you. It just becomes a part of who we are and how we pray. You see, because we too are pilgrims on a journey, a journey of faith in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And wherever you are on your journey today, the Psalms have much to offer. Over two years ago, Sam Ferguson began a series on the Psalms with these words. Listen to these words from Sam. I like to think of the book of Psalms as what? A traveler's journal. He continued, in the Psalms, we encounter the truths that we believe about God. But we encounter these truths as they are lived out in the fire of personal experience. These deeply personal accounts are windows into what it feels like to follow God along the path of life. What it feels like. What it feels like. Let's start with longing. Longing is at the heart of the matter. Longing is central to who we are. That it is what moves and shapes us. And it is important. It's why Jesus asked these questions. I'd like you to just pause. You might want to just pause for a moment. You may want to close your eyes. But imagine... Jesus asking you these questions. These are straight out of the Gospels. What are you seeking? Why are you afraid? What were you discussing? Who do you say that I am? What do you want me to do for you? You see, Jesus is asking you and me those questions. What are you seeking? Why are you afraid? What are you discussing? Maybe that could be put, what are your questions? Who do you say that I am? You know how that could be put, who do you believe that I am? What do you want me to do for you? What are we to do with these questions? First, just be honest with ourselves. Longing and thirst are a part of being human. For what or whom are we longing? What are the desires of our hearts? Who or what do we want so badly? Why is it important for you and me to feel the freedom to answer these questions? It's because if we, we need to come to terms, I need to come to terms with my thirst because if I don't know that I'm thirsty, I might look to satisfy that somewhere or someplace other than Jesus. Second, be honest with Jesus. He invites us to bring our longing to him. You might remember at the Festival of the Booths, this is in John chapter 7, Jesus at the end of the festival stands up and cries out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, 
out of his heart, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And third, with open hands, an open heart, an open mind, give them to Jesus and trust him to consecrate them, to make them sacred, to bend them, refine them, shape them, and transform them into the longing for the only one and only thing that can truly satisfy us. My soul longs, yes, faints, for the courts of the Lord. Start with your longings and entrust them to Jesus and allow him to transform them for his purpose in his glory. So our journey begins with longing and it goes next to vision. Here's a question. Do you have a vision? And by that I mean just an idea of what it looks like when your life is flourishing, when your life of faith, when you're flourishing in your faith, when you're fully alive to your sense of purpose and calling, when you've stepped into your place in the body of Christ, when you're using your gifts for the glory of God, when your life is bearing fruit of the Spirit. Why am I asking that? It's because I've found that you need a vision to sustain you through the valley of tears. You need to know and understand where God, what God is doing and where he's leading you even if you don't know the end of that journey, but to have a picture and a sense of what he's doing. I encourage you to pray about a vision that God has for your life and you flourishing in his body. And if you pray this prayer, be prepared for what it may require of you because you will be on a journey. Longing and vision leads to journey. You know, I think ever since Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden, I believe mankind, whether he knows it or not, has been on a journey, a journey to try to somehow find his way back. You know it. This side of Eden is both breathtaking and heartbreaking. It's beautiful, abundant. Good, lovely, true. You have known crystalline moments that you wished would last forever. I have. I want to keep them in a little snow globe that I can visit. And you also know it's heartbreaking. Something is terribly wrong. It's not the way it was meant to be. Instead, it can be cruel, disappointing, frightful, oppressive, unjust, the question is for everybody, not just you and me, everyone, what path will you choose on your journey? Jesus stated plainly, the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. But the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. For those who've chosen the narrow gate and the hard way, the journey is determined by Jesus, the good shepherd. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Why? For his namesake. 
And that path goes right through the valley of the shadow of death. It goes right through the valley of tears. How in the world do we do it? How in the world do we live this life of faith? By grace, by God's grace. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Write this verse down. Keep it, memorize it, hold fast to it. Longing, vision, and journey end in prayer and praise. How do I know this is true? How do I know this is true? And I am confident of it, and this is why. Because I see it in you. I know some of you, and I know some of your stories. There are some who are struggling with crippling anxiety and fear, yet you are here. Who are trying to stare down your confusion and doubt, yet you are here. Who are so lonely that you feel alien to the world, and yet you are here. Whose hearts are weighed down, maybe by worry over one of your children, yet you are here. Whose marriage has grown cold, and others whose marriage has ended in divorce and irreparable damage. And yet you were here. Who are facing debilitating illness, yet you were here. Who've lost someone you love dearly, and yet you were here. Yet you were here professing faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, praying thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and singing your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be, um, to be overcome by your presence, your glory, Lord. Friends, this is the deepest longing of the regenerate heart, the new heart God has put within us. Not a heart of stone, but a heart of flesh. And you awaken in me a longing for Jesus. I see you and think, I wanna know what she knows of Jesus. I see you and think, I wanna know what he knows of Jesus. Today, if you're here and you're any of those things and in need, pray, cry out to God and say, God, connect me with someone who has walked a journey of faith through the valley of tears. And when you do, what do you do next? You look for someone who's been with Jesus. Look for someone who's been with Jesus. And trust that the Lord will connect you to them. I'm going to conclude with this. And this is the best part. Don't miss this. For Jesus, the Son of God, love and vision to set things right led him on a journey from heaven to earth. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. For Jesus, that journey was one of loving, joyful, and perfect obedience to the Father. For Jesus, that journey led to Golgotha. John writes, he went out 
bearing his own cross to the place of the skull, and there they crucified him. For Jesus, that journey led to death. He bore our sins, my sin, your and my sin, and the death that we deserve so that we could be saved from sin and eternal condemnation and reconciled to God. For Jesus, that journey led him to conquer sin and death and rise to eternal life. We will profess in a moment, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And for all who believe in him, that is, all who call upon his name in true repentance and by faith, all who are born of the Spirit, John 3, 6, that journey through the narrow gate in the hard way is one of the heart. It's one of the heart. Why is that? Because you are the place that God dwells. Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and do what? Make our home with him. This is how Paul explains it. You are God's temple. God's spirit dwells within you. God's love has been poured into our hearts through his spirit who he has given to us. Paul prays that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Christ in you is the hope of glory. You see, for the Israelites, a journey of faith led to the temple in Jerusalem. For you and me, a journey of longing and faith leads to where the Lord dwells. You are the temple of the living God. That is where you abide in him and he abides in you. And one day, your journey, our journey, our journey through a valley of tears will end where we see him face to face. And he will wipe away every tear and death shall be no more and neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things will have passed away and until then by his grace we can know and proclaim O Lord of hosts blessed is he who trusts in you please pray with me God we come here humbly not even able to enter your presence apart from your grace and we give you thanks for the longing you've put within us to know, love, obey, enjoy, and glorify you forever. Grant, God, that you would lead us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Through us, accomplish your purpose and your glory. Amen.